Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I'm Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. And welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for this week's podcast and gospel discussion leading up to this week proper 22 in year C, which will be Sunday, October 2nd. The gospel is going to be from Luke chapter 17, just making our slow, slow march through the middle of the gospel of Luke until we get to Advent, which is, uh, you know, like six weeks away or something, five, six weeks away. So pretty good. We're getting there. Uh, But before we get into our gospel discussion, Charlotte. Yes. We always like to share a God sighting uh, and ask each other where we saw a God sighting or a guest if we have one. So for a second week in a row, Mm -hmm. where did you see God this week? Well, I have to ask you a question as part of it. Mm. Have you ever smiled and laughed so much that the next day your face hurt? Oh. Yes. Right? It Mm. doesn't happen very often, though. Like, we laugh sometimes. We have joyful experiences that we smile sometimes. But to have had a day or an afternoon in which you have both smiled and laughed so much that Mm -hmm. the next morning you woke up and you're like, oh my goodness, my face is tired. That's like a whole other level, right? Uh So that's my joyful God sighting. Yesterday was the kickoff event for the diocesan youth programming for the program year. And we got together for just fun, just joyful fun. Like there's plenty of opportunities to delve deeper into scripture and to reflect and connect. But we decided that we needed to start off with a celebrate a celebration. Mm -hmm. Um, And we actually talked about that when the Reverend Hannah Wilder was on, right? We had the parable of the lost sheep and the parable of the lost coin and the the rejoicing was required, um, much like it was yesterday. Mm -hmm. So we play, it was youth group games, which is like Olympics with pool noodles. Um, Awesome. No real games involved. No one was injured. It was great. Um, But I just laughed for three hours straight. I literally laughed for three hours straight. And the final event was um, we did a color celebration. Um, So, you know, picture like when the color runs were popular, but instead everybody had a hand, they had a packet of colored powder and a handful of colored powder. And we had, there'll be video of this eventually. Um, There was a drone above us, um, a parishioner with a drone came and filmed it. And we took the colored powder and all at the same time on the count of three, we took it and we threw it up into the air, looking up into the heavens and said, you are beloved, um, which is our theme for this year is exploring all the ways in which we are beloved of God and beloved of each other. And it was a joyful day, right? And I always think that joy is a connecting piece with God. um, One of the ones we don't always consider, But in that moment with the 62 voices crowded around me and the colorful explosion before my eyes up in the air, I was brought to tears in that moment. Like I literally had two little tears streak down my face because of like that deep connection that I felt both to God and to everybody that was standing around me. Beautiful. Colorful. Very colorful. Mm -hmm. So nice. Uh, Thanks for sharing. And... Like every week, we'd love to hear from you. What was your, uh, where did you see God moving in the world today, in your life, uh, in your ministry, in your work that you're doing in the world, in your family? Or where was it hard to feel God's movement? You can share a consolation or a desolation. 
We'd love to hear any and all of those stories. We'd also love to hear any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection on this week's gospel. You can uh, share with us uh, and contact us with any of those stories or questions or comments in any of the ways that are listed in the podcast description for this episode. That includes emails and voicemails and text messages, Instagram, or direct messages to us uh, on our website, myfaith2go.org, where you can find all of the faith to go resources every week uh, to help you with those kinds of discussions and reflections. So now we're going to move into our discussion of the gospel, again, for Proper 22 in Year C, this upcoming Sunday, October 2nd. The gospel for this coming Sunday is from Luke chapter 17, verses 5 through 10. Charlotte's going to read it, and then we'll each share some uh, point. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. The Lord replied, if you had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Would any of you say to your servant who had just come in from the field after plowing or tending sheep, come, sit down for dinner? Wouldn't you say instead, fix my dinner, put on the clothes of a table servant and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you can eat and drink. You won't thank the servant because the servant did what you asked, will you? In the same way, when you have done everything required of you, you should say, we servants deserve no special praise. We have only done our duty. Done our duty. Okay. Well, last week we were finishing up uh, chapter 16 with the parable of the rich man and Lazarus. Uh, And then the beginning of uh, chapter 17 uh, are those first five verses, which leads into this. The apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And I'm going to talk about this a little bit more in my point, but that is just a conversation Jesus is having with some general teaching about uh, not causing others to sin and about forgiveness and repentance uh, in relationship and in community. So that's what's leading right up to this. And this is just the middle of chapter 17. There's another couple chapters before Jesus makes his entry into Jerusalem. And that's where we are. And Charlotte has the first point. I do. And as joyful as my God sighting was, um, I find this gospel that we're reflecting on today to be challenging. (laughs) Second. (laughs) Approved. Thank you. I just want to keep it real for people who may have listened to that gospel and thought, oh, wow, (laughs) what are they going to say today? (laughs) Because that was kind of how I felt about it. And I was thinking about it. So very often what we bring to reading the gospel and talking about the gospel is our own stuff, right? Like we look at things through the lens of whatever our life experiences are um, and whatever our current situation is. So what did I bring to this gospel when I read it? I brought a to-do list the size of Mount Everest, (laughs) Um, which I work very diligently at checking off boxes. And yet, um, oh, how many analogies can I use in one sentence? It's kind of like a gremlin that got wet because like it multiplies all the time. Um, And that reference was for all our Gen X listeners out there. Um, But like my to-do list is ever growing. So like no matter how many check marks I put on it, there's always something new that is popping onto it. And so as I got to this second half of the gospel and hear about this servant who has been out in the field plowing and tending sheep, which does not sound like a short-term activity, probably something <laughs> they've been doing all day. Right. Um, instead of being invited to come sit down for dinner, instead they're 
told, fix my dinner, put on the clothes of a table servant, and wait on me while I eat and drink. Mm-hmm. And this conversation about the work not being done, about the accountability of there always being work to do, is kind of the opposite of what I feel like I need to hear sometimes. Um, I think that I'm often feeling like I wish there was an invitation to put down my work, um, that it would still be there. Um, and that if it doesn't all get done, that that would be okay. (laughs) So opening up this scripture and realizing I had to talk about it with you today was like, oh, really? (laughs) But as I wrestled with it, I came to a different place. And that is why these conversations are so important and valuable to me. Because I was thinking about it, about that hard labor of being in the field and then coming into the master's house. God's house (laughs) and thinking about what that invitation might look like if instead of viewing it as I still have this giant to-do list and I cannot rest because I have to get check marks in all of the boxes before I'm allowed to rest instead of that if looking at it was instead looking at it through the lens of oh I just came into the master's house and it's time to tend to my relationship with God Uh I've spent all day working in the field tending sheep Right? Um, All of those things. And now as I come into the house, before I take care of cooking the dinner and sitting down to binge Netflix with my family, that I need to tend to my relationship with God. I'm in God's house. Um, And what does that look like? (coughs) Does that look like a... um, a time sitting with scripture or any of those things? Or is it whatever I need it to be? Um, Like, I don't know. Maybe it is because, you know of my own personal stuff that I bring with me, but I was thinking about that invitation of coming into the master's house, setting a time, setting aside time to be with God and the invitation in that of what do I need that time to be? Mm-hmm. And maybe that time for me needs to be with my eyes closed. <laughs> um, but regardless, right? Like the, the openness of that um, and not that, And maybe even this last line of the scripture that we get at the end, which is says, we servants deserve no special praise. We have only done our duty Mm -hmm. um, of expanding that language of what duty means. Mm -hmm. That duty is more than just the items on the to-do list that you must accomplish, um, including following Christ, even those, um, especially those of us that work in the church world. Mm -hmm. Um, But that duty is also maintaining our relationship with God and with each other. And that maybe this is an invitation and accountability um, to look at the whole picture of what we are responsible for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which includes our our own mm-hmm. wellness and capacity to keep doing the work. <laughs> yeah, and I what we are responsible for. It's really it's really a good question, and I I guess that's that's what Jesus is is poking at here. Is like, what is your responsibility? What is expected of you? And are you meant to, you know, rejoice at the fact that you've done, you know, what is expected of you as just a human human being and a disciple and a follower? And so I'm my my point is is kind of a at this point before I start talking is kind of a word cloud of thoughts thought bubbles in my head that are tying together both what is being said here, something about this this term. Uh, at the very end in the last in the last verse 
which if you if you're gonna go and go to a church an Episcopal church this Sunday, you'll hear the we read the Common English Bible version uh, translation, but the New Revised Standard Version. Uh, ref, Jesus says, "We are uh, you. We are worthless sl- servants. Uh, worthless." So this word, worthless, in the last verse. Uh, Jesus says, so you also, when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are worthless servants. We have done only what we ought to have done. And so this word worthless is is interesting because uh, it's only used one other time in the New Testament. So it's used here in Luke 17, and then it's used in Matthew 25, verse 30, which is the very end of the parable of the talents, just as a refresher of a, like a, a rich person goes away and leaves this, these various numbers of talents with of coins, if you will, uh, with different servants in the household. And one of the servants buries theirs, you know, and doesn't make a profit. Right. And the other ones invest it in different things and double what's been given to them. And so at the end, the, the master of the house, uh, or the owner of the wealth comes and says, as for this worthless servant, throw him into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Yuck. I don't like any of these verses, by the way, these are all challenging to me. So I'm just trying to make sense of them for my life. (laughs) Same. Oh man. I really like this is, but this is a good example of what to me, what, what to me it means to be Episcopalian or Anglican, you know, or using our three legged stool of Anglicanism of tradition reason which includes you know our human experience and our understanding of our experience and scripture so like right now we're reading scripture but we're like reading it through the lenses of our tradition like the things that come with uh our community the way that these scriptures have been interpreted in the past and our lived experience of the world you know and and what these things are saying about us as human beings so, like, I really have an issue with Jesus saying that a person is worthless mm-hmm. because that leads to all kinds of terrible outcomes. So then if, if, I'm, if, if I know Jesus, if I know that Jesus has a higher regard for humanity than that, uh, I have to wrestle with what it is maybe that he's saying other than just the fact that we're worthless servants. So... I'm interested in tying it to this Matthew 25 verse where the same word is used because in this context, uh, if you look up the word in Greek in in like a Greek lexicon, you know, it says unnecessary or unworthy. It's, it's also more like unprofitable. Mm. Okay. So we can think now how a servant in a household that's trying, that is like their job is to make goods to, for the household to make money. Right. And so, like, in the context of this Matthew 25 about the talents, about these other two servants making a profit, turning a profit, and this one not turning a profit, then an unprofitable servant is probably a good translation in this context. So what does it mean if we take that back to Luke 17, to this thing that we just read, an unprofitable servant? Well, clearly they've... They just came in from doing their thing, right, right? in the yes. field. So they've been plowing. They've been tending sheep. These are things that are going to help the household make a profit. Mm-hmm. So in that, based on that, they're not unprofitable. Um, s- but something about this dinner interaction thing mm-hmm. makes Jesus, gives Jesus, makes it so that it's okay for Jesus to say that 
to refer to them as unprofitable because they've only been only done what they're supposed to. So like I'm thinking about this. So we're holding this. I'm holding this weird thing in my head. At the same time, I'm thinking about the context of of this uh, story and this teaching from Jesus and this interaction with the apostles, which I alluded to in the context section uh, before Charles point. And this whole thing comes after this this teaching that Jesus does about sin and not being a cause for sin, but then goes more specifically into like when we hurt one another and what we are to do when that happens. And so what leads up to these verses is Jesus saying, uh, be on your guard. If a brother or sister, if a, if a person that you're in relationship sins, you must rebuke the offender. And if there is repentance, you must forgive. And if the same person sins against you, hurts you seven times a day, and turns back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive. And then the apostles say, increase our faith. Mm. And I think that makes such a huge difference than us just like reading this in a context and with no context in a vacuum and like universalizing this idea that, oh, the apostles just have no faith. They want more faith. They say it in response to this, this command that Jesus has now given them to essentially forgive a person every single time they repent, even if they do the exact same thing to you over and over and over and over again, seven times a day. (sighs) That is a terrible idea. (laughs) So now I get it. (laughs) I get why the apostles respond like this because they're essentially saying, you want us to do that? Mm -hmm. We need way more faith. We, I need to believe in you way more if you're going to tell me that that's how I'm actually supposed to be. You're telling me that's how the world works? Because that's not how my world has worked. And that's not my human instinct either. My human instinct is if someone does the same thing to me three times, that's too many times. Mm-hmm. They gone. That's, I'm done with them. Jesus is really pushing them on this relationship thing. You know? And so like... And so they say, increase our faith for that. And Jesus said, if you had the faith the size of a mustard seed, you could say this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it would obey you. You could do, if you had a little bit of faith, with just a little faith. So they say, give us so much more faith, only with way more faith can we do this forgiving thing that you're asking us to do. Jesus says, hold on. Just a little bit of faith. You only need a little bit of faith to do something that's literally impossible. Like, if you had the tiniest, tiniest bit of faith, you could ask an, a tree to uproot itself and walk away and plant itself in, a, in the sea in which it will drown. It cannot live in the sea. So in response, Jesus says, you have what you need to do this already. Like, if you ha- whatever faith you have right now is enough to do impossible things. Mm-hmm. You're, what I hear you telling me is this thing I've asked you to do is impossible but there's a thing that's actually impossible that you could do with what faith you have. So that's interesting because Jesus is essentially saying, this is different than being worthless. Jesus is saying, you're saying you're, you don't have enough. You're not good enough. You don't have enough faith to do what I've asked you to do. Hold on. You have everything you need to do it. Mm-hmm. You just have to try. You just have to do it. So that to me is not Jesus calling them worthless, you know, so then what does it mean then once we get to the end here? So then he's talking about, uh, he goes on from this uprooted plant thing. 
to say, you know, who, who of you would say to your servant that's just come in from plowing the field or tending, tending the sheep, come here and take your place at the table. Like congratulations for being profitable kind of thing. Um, but instead you'd probably say, you know, even though you've done this thing, it's, there's still more to do, you know, now, you know, like part of your duties are to make dinner and serve the people sitting at the table. And then after that, you can eat and drink and do whatever you need to do. Do you thank the servant for doing what, what has been commanded? So also when you have done all that you were ordered to do, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done only what we ought to have done. And I think that Jesus is recognizing the fact that when we do this, <laughs> that when we do this bare minimum thing that he's requiring of us, which sounds impossible, mm-hmm. we're really going to pat ourselves on the back mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And so like I'm imagining for Jesus, this just knowing humans and knowing the apostles and knowing the disciples, this thing is like, you are here for a reason. You're here to be in relationship with people. You know, like your primary job, the baseline is to be able to repair relationship because it's inevitably going to be broken. Mm-hmm. No, that's just how it's going to work. But like if you come, if you, if you get done with the day and you've, forgiven someone seven times and you're going to come in here and be like i've (laughs) i'm the best serve me everyone like look how great i am i just forgave this person seven times jesus is like hold on you have not turned to profit that was the bare minimum like all you did was make sure the field was make sure the field was like rich with soil in order to plant Mm. You haven't actually grown anything. You're just you're just keeping it fertile. So that's the best way I can get through this gospel really. It's <laughs> just that think was a like, lot of ways. Yeah. It's just just think like Jesus is saying like you're the you're not turning a profit, quote unquote. You're not turning a profit by repairing relationship. You're keeping a baseline mm-hmm. for things to grow, you know. So like I just am thinking, you know, that that like Jesus knows one that they they both have everything they need and he knows that they're going to really get their egos going when they when they do this thing that Jesus has told them is their just primary work to do and that that's the baseline on which they build the kingdom of God mm-hmm. you know and so that's all i don't really have a great answer but that's what i'm thinking about those yeah. that's the that's the word cloud bubbling in my brain about this gospel i just like that you wrapped it up by saying that's all when it was so much (laughs) but I mean truthfully like the point you came to at the end all of it was valuable but the point you came to at the end is that it's very human to just want a little bit of recognition of acknowledgement a job well Mm -hmm, done mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and yet that's not what Jesus calls us to is that the work that is ours to do our duty mm-hmm. um, is not for recognition. It's not for celebratory dinners or job well done or any of those things. And that once we have completed what that duty is, oh goody, there's another one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. 
Yes, just our endless capacity to make everything about us, you know, including including the work of discipleship, however we want to think about that, you know. And Jesus just got done with all these stories pushing back around, pushing back against people who spend their lives serving themselves. All these stories about wealth, all these stories about serving wealth and not God. It's like, this doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Like Jesus just told all these stories about people and ways that we break community and underserve people and destroy relationships by serving only our own interests. And the idea that even when we do serve others, we can figure out a way for that service to be about for ourselves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I think it's just like this big ball of Jesus trying to be like, what's your motivation? What are you doing and why are you doing it? And just check yourself. You before know, you wreck yourself. Before you wreck yourself. <laughs> I think that is the living tree version of this gospel. So those are two points. Point number one was Charlotte's. Uh, it was about, you know, being being aware of how we're doing our work in the world and what we need for ourselves in order to be able to continue doing that. Maybe it's just closing our eyes at the end mm. of the day, and that's good. Um, and number two was mine, uh, just wrestling with this weird gospel and the wording in the gospel and uh, just recognizing Jesus' call to us to tend to relationships for the sake of relationships, not for our own sake, but for the sake of keeping, you know, the soil fertile in which we will, you know, plant the kingdom of God. The mustard seed. Mm -hmm. And that we have everything we need to do such a thing already. So having heard those two points, we'd love to hear from you. What, is, what would your point have been if you were the guest on the podcast this week? What are your uh, questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion and reflection? Where did you see God this last week or not see God? Consolations or desolations? You can get in touch with us, with us. We'd love to hear from you and all those things. You can contact us in any of the ways that are listed in the description for this episode of the podcast. And we will be back next week with special guest Amy Reams uh, from St. Luke's. And we look forward to talking to her about Proper 23 in New York City. And until then, we say goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye everybody. everybody.